welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is episode number 30 and part of our multifamily brief series. This is episode one of a three-part series where we talk about the legal side of syndications, including SEC rules and regulations. Hey, welcome to the Diary of Apartment Investor podcast. This is your host, Brian Briscoe from Four Oaks Capital. I'm very excited today to have my friend and our SEC attorney on the line with us today, Mr. Dugan Kelly. Dugan, how are you? I'm doing good, Brian. Hey, everybody. Glad yeah. to be with you, brother. Yeah, so so this is fun. This is fun. I'm, I'm glad we, we met so long ago. And anyway, why don't you give us a brief intro, you know, real quick who you are, and sure. um, then we'll, we'll get into the meat of it. Okay, great. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a lawyer by background. I have a, offices. We're a boutique uh, full-service law firm with a national footprint, which means that we've got offices in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we have an office in California, a little in a town about 90 miles north called Santa Barbara, California. Mm-hmm. But most of our clients, like most of your listeners, are hunting uh, in the hot uh, markets around the country. So most of our uh, clients that we service are in the southeast or the south or the west. And so they're often not uh, buying and selling properties in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Texas is still a very hot market. So we have a lot of clients uh, uh, in Texas, but we handle essentially full service real estate uh, uh, services for clients when they get their LOI accepted all the way to the closing table. And then when they decide that they're going to raise equity and they're in the process of selling a security, right? You're going to go out and raise money from investors. We will structure their private offering for them and we'll prepare all the documents and then actually get them uh, noticed with the, uh, with the SEC as well as with the state securities boards to comply with the regulations at the SEC level as well as the blue sky, the yep. state the state level as well. So that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And then we have other attorneys that will handle litigation and other areas of the law that uh, might impact um, particular clients' needs. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, talking about the multifamily arena specifically, you know, yeah. um, a lot of people, I think when they're be- beginning out, beginning on this this journey kind of think you know do I really need an attorney it's going to be expensive so let's let's ask that question first why does somebody who wants to syndicate need an attorney I think it's an absolute must that you have an attorney uh, whether it's us or not you need an attorney and the reason why is when you're in the when you're raising money from other people, right? So all of us have that, that have owned your own home, uh, you've shown up and the bank has said, this is how much money you need down payment. That's the equity that you need in order to buy your home. Well, when we're in the middle of multifamily and buying and selling apartment buildings, that amount is much larger than most of us have the ability to play with our own money. So, that is a regulated industry. When you're going to go out and actually raise money from somebody else, it's an awesome responsibility to have to care for those people's money and and uh, an asset. So 
there are rules and regulations when you're doing that, that you have to follow. And if you didn't go to law school, or even if you went to law school and you don't specialize in this part of the law, you shouldn't be expected to know it. And I wouldn't wing it. So I wouldn't, uh, if it were me, because the downside potentially fines, suspensions, uh, pro, pro, being prohibited from actually doing further transactions, maybe rescission, maybe having to give all the money back to investors or even having to sell the property and dispose of it. All of those are potential pitfalls that you can fall into if you don't do things the right way. And so I'm a big believer that people uh, should should hire a lawyer, hire a lawyer that you trust, uh, because a lawyer is is an indispensable team member uh, for any syndicator. So next question, you know, when should you begin talking with an attorney? Yeah, so you're, you know, there's there in any commercial real estate transaction there uh, in which you're actually going to raise private money. There are two sides of that transaction. There's the real estate side, which is the, hey, we just got our LOI accepted and I have to prepare a purchase and sale agreement, or the seller is going to send that to me, or the broker is going to send that to me if I'm on the buyer side. Uh, You're going to need an attorney for that. Why? Well, the seller is going to have an attorney, or the buyer is going to have an attorney. The lender is going to have an attorney. The title company will often have an attorney. Uh, There may be other attorneys involved uh, with other vendors or contractors that you're dealing with. So very early on, after your LOI is accepted, you'll want to engage an attorney to see what they can do as far as help you with the real estate side. And then on the security side, I I don't recommend clients engaging a securities lawyer at the outset unless they really know that they're going to go for the property. You want to find out through due diligence, you want to do some physical inspections, you want to find out whether this is a property that you're actually going to go raise private equity on. Otherwise, it's a waste of money, right? Who wants to pay an attorney money uh, to do nothing, essentially, or if it's property that you say, we're out, right? And you're not not hard on your earnest money, we're out. You don't want to have engaged a securities attorney on, on that and have paid them anything. Mm-hmm. So I would say, wait until you absolutely know. Typically, a securities attorney should be hired during your due diligence uh, and before the expiration of your due diligence period, because you'll want to have your offering and all those documents ready, uh, your entity formed and mm-hmm. everything ready to go so that you can you can have the maximum amount of time necessary to raise that private equity that you're going to need in order to close on the transaction. Okay. And I'll point out, you know, there's there's a lot of sellers, you know, when when they're doing the first draft of the contract, their attorneys are going to weight that very heavily towards the seller. And, you know, if if you're the guy who's trying to do this without an attorney, you know, you may not realize that contract is weighted very heavily towards, you know, the the other party. So uh, lots of good reasons. And, you know, my, my recommendation is, is find somebody like Dugan who can do both sides of the transaction, who, who can do the, the contract, part of the contract negotiation and, and the SEC side as well. All right. So now when you're, when you're looking for uh, an, an attorney, what are some of the things you should look for? I mean, what would you ask you if you were me? Yeah. So I think it's a, I, I mean, the biggest complaint, uh, bar none, 
no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, from people that file complaints with the state bar is communication. Mm-hmm. So you really want to find an attorney that you can actually connect with, right? Okay. So I'm thankful and I feel blessed that most of my clients I count as personal friends. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important, certainly in the area in which I practice. I want people to be able to feel comfortable enough to text me uh, on the, at night or on the weekends. And they, I want them to have confidence that I will actually respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want uh, that ease of communication uh, to flow. And then you also want to, you want an attorney that uh, is, is able to be flexible to what, your goals are so not somebody that's that's forcing you in to either a standardized document that they have because there are any number of creative things that uh, people are doing in the area of multifamily mm-hmm. around the country so you really want to have an attorney that understands your goals your mission your purpose uh, your why uh, mm-hmm. so that they can actually help you uh, on that uh, on that journey. I think those those two those two big issues, and then the other one is just making sure that you clearly communicate, especially with newer operators. Especially, what are the fees going to be? What are the anticipated costs potentially on both the real estate side as well as the security side that they could expect mm-hmm. in this transaction? Not to say that there might be something that pops up in the middle, but. Uh, I've, I can't tell you, I've heard from a number of newer operators that when they've engaged attorneys in the past, they didn't even know that there were things like blue sky costs mm-hmm. that, that had that variable. states in which they, yeah. right, that were variable and that they actually had to pay them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and those can be, that can be thousands of dollars. I've had clients where their blue sky costs were fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. That's a lot of money. And if, if the client wasn't told that up front, that can kind of seem like a sticker shock uh, yeah. to them. So you want, you want an attorney that clearly communicates all of those things to you. Uh, that's just being a good team member. You, yep. want, you want that to be, be uh, kind of the par for the course when you're looking for an attorney. Yeah. Now, you talked a little bit about costs, but uh, what, what would the, the full service cost run somebody? You know, uh, let, let's, let's look without blue skies and then, you know, do blue skies separately. Sure. So you're, you're, when you're looking for an attorney uh, in the syndication space, most attorneys that do this for a living uh, will, char- will charge you a flat fee. They're not typically billing by the hour. If they're prepared to bill you by the hour, the reality is that's probably going to work out much better for the attorney than it is for the client. I would happily on many transactions work by the hour, but that doesn't, that's not in the best interest of the client. So the reality is you want, to, you want an attorney who describes what their fees are. Most attorneys, if you have a longstanding relationship with or, or you come from a trusted referral source, will not even take an upfront retainer fee. That's money that actually has to come out of your pocket because you're going to be using that money for earnest money, for physical inspections, for third parties, potentially for your loan application fee. All of those are capital intensive events that are going to require you to spend your money. So the flat fees can rate, they vary. We typically charge $85 to $9,500 for mm-hmm. the real estate side and the same for the security side. So if you look at your all-in flat fee budget, it's somewhere in the $17,000 to $19,000 range. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that if 
you're going to suck up your attorney's time and all of the staff and the resources for months and months. They're probably going to have to talk to you about potentially adjusting that. But mm-hmm. in general, you should expect somewhere in that range, less than $20,000 for a typical multifamily syndication. And mm-hmm. the lawyer gets paid out of the loan proceeds. So typically you're not, you're not paying this out of your own pocket mm-hmm. and you should ask your lawyer, what happens if we don't close? What happens if I hired you? Do I owe you the entire flat fee? And the reality is your lawyer should say no. He should, they should keep their time and bill you a normal, reasonable hourly rate uh, in the event that you cancel so that you don't have to pay the full amount. That's, that's a typical billing scenario. That is not a one size fits all, but that's that's fairly, that's, you're going to, you're going to see something like that throughout the mm-hmm. industry. I would right. hope. And now, now blue sky is variable by state, correct? It's variable by state. New York is the most expensive. So God bless uh, New York. Yeah. They're going to charge you whether you have one investor or 100 investors, you're going to end up paying somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 to $1,900 on co- related costs. Mm-hmm. That's going to be your the blue sky cost for New York. Other states are much less expensive, but you're going to be anywhere from $100 all the way up to $1,800, mm-hmm. for blue sky costs. So you can see if you have one investor in New York and then you have maybe 15 or 16 other states in which you have potential investors mm-hmm. in uh, that come into your transaction, those costs can be in the thousands of dollars. So, you know, your attorney should help estimate what those costs are going to be mm-hmm. so that they can be reflected on your closing statement. So once again, that uh, you can you can assist, basically be assisted by your attorney on what's the budget going to be for these blue sky costs, make sure that they actually get paid uh, and and the fees are the, the blue sky uh, filing fees are actually done yeah. correctly. So that's. That's uh, what that blue sky part is all Perfect. about. All right. Well, you've given us a lot of good information on this one. And, you know, I appreciate your time and, and everything, you know, personally you've done for us. Um, so let's let's end this this episode with, with one question. How can people get in touch with you? Hey, thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure and an honor to serve you and your partner's needs and to be on your podcast, brother. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to get a hold of me, very easy. My name is pretty memorable. Thank you to my mom and dad, right? There's not too many Dugans out there that are that are practicing the area of real estate law. So you can Google me or you can drop me an email at Dugan, D-U-G-A-N, at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E.com. Right, I'd be happy man. to chat with any of you. And we'll put that that email address in the show notes, um, as well as a link to your website so anybody can just really quickly get it. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.